Hello, I'm Jade Sterling. I just wanted to let you know that the Vital Foods Insights podcast has a new home. So if you want news, market trends and expert opinion from the natural products industry in Europe and Asia, or perhaps you just miss my charming British accent, search for the Vital Foods Insights podcast on Apple Podcasts or visit us at vitalfoodsinsights.com. You are listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast. With Heather Granado, Vice President, Content, Health and Nutrition. Brought to you by Supply Side East, April 10th and 11th. Well, hello. Welcome to the Healthy Insider Podcast. I'm Heather Granado. I'm the Vice President of Content here in Informa's Global Health and Nutrition Office in Phoenix. I'm here with our senior F&B editor, Judy Bazzazzaro, on Food Insider Journal, and Rachel Adams, our managing editor on Natural Products Insider. Ladies, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us. Hi, Heather. Thanks for having us here. Uh, You know, it's been a long week. Uh, All of us spent time in Anaheim, California, at the 38th Annual Expo West. 85,000 attendees. And I think uh, all of them were in front of me when I was trying to get back to my hotel to check out. So um, (laughs) the crowds were intense. The energy was amazing, certainly. And between education, networking, trend spotting, there were more than 3,500 exhibitors. So a ton of people that we were trying to connect with and really bring back trends from the show to share with uh, our listening audience. So we've got our top 10 that we're going to be talking about today. I'd like to start with kind of a big picture aspect, the idea of storytelling. And this was storytelling across the supply chain, as well as sort of those mission-based companies. We've seen this already through Insider and our New Hope Network with the ingredient suppliers. So companies like Sabinsa that have really told the story of how they're working with the farmers on curcumin all the way through the supply chain. We've seen it with Ardent Mills on their innovation center. Their continued work with farmers and investment in new grains that they're bringing to market. What I found interesting was then you're seeing these finished product companies starting to tell the story of the suppliers they're working with. So talking with Alter Eco, which launched a new packaging design for their products where they're actually committed to fair trade and putting pictures of their co-op owners and farmers on their packaging. So you've got, hey, if I'm going to have these dark chocolate clusters, they actually have a picture of the Indian women's co-op that they're working with. For me, I find that really empowering to know where the food is coming from. Right, absolutely. And it's connecting that story to the consumers in a whole different way, which is really awesome. Um, I I also found some really cool companies um, that had that really interesting mission-based focus. One of them was called Tiny Human Food. Uh, It's owned by a single mom who is creating cold-pressed baby food. Um, And it was really interesting to talk to her because she's really passionate about her product, which is a great thing that I I love seeing at this show. There's so much passion from the brands and the CPG companies that we see. Um, And with this particular woman, she was talking about, you know, this cold-pressed baby. technique that she uses to create her food Um, it creates food that tastes better and it it, uh, preserves the nutrition in the food Um, and she was really struggling to get her food products in the stores because there's no cold there's no refrigerated section in baby food Um, so she was talking a little bit about about how she's she's uh, 
tackling that challenge and, and about her products. And I just really think her story was really neat. Fantastic. Judy, what was some of the uh, stories you saw? Um, there were a lot. <laughs> it was a, it was a little bit overwhelming, the show, uh, which is great for the, uh, the industry. But uh, one of, one of the things that I noticed, um, you mentioned about the packaging of people telling their story with the farmers and the co-ops. Obviously, that's not hugely new because Organic Valley's been doing that for years. I noticed that Kashi, their new cereal that they introduced, it's a cinnamon French toast, which is super, super yummy. And we'll get to that at the very end of the podcast. Uh, but it's it's their newest product out of their certified transitional portfolio. So they, they came out and they're like, this isn't organic, but we're getting there. But on the back of the uh, cereal box, it's an enti- the entire back is dedicated to where that uh, uh, where those ingredients were grown and the farmer and the story. So I thought that was very interesting. It's it's a lot of, of space to take up on your box and packaging, but they're all about telling the story. Um, also, General Mills, um, you know that was a big big story at the show. Uh, Annie's introduced two limited edition products, and they're featuring ingredients grown using regenerative farming practices. Um, you know they unveiled their elbow pasta and cheddar bunny-shaped macaroni and cheese, which was super, super good. And um, also some uh, other snacks using using organic ingredients from uh, regenerative farms in Montana. I think that really connects in. You were, you know, we're talking about the importance of supply chain and mission-based, while it really ties in with regenerative ag, which I think was one of those additional macro topics we saw at the show it was certainly an emphasis in the <clears throat> content program where you know I had spoken in advance with the gal from Demeter about emphasis on biodynamic we're looking at regenerative agriculture we're changing the supply chain mm-hmm. um, there were a couple of companies I think you mentioned Judy that were really focused around regenerative ag yes one thing I noticed uh, during the show um, Bungie North America they announced that it's now there are now offering certified transitional dry milled corn ingredients and that's a step to design a step designed to meet the growing consumer demand for organic products. Um, they're made in the U.S. They're grown on transitional corn certified by corn field certified by the Quality Assurance International. Another one that I really want to call out is Strauss Family Creamery. Um, you know, I can't say enough good things about that company. Um, they're a great example of a company doing the right thing to protect the environment. Um, last year, they introduced their full first full-scale electric truck that's powered by cow poop, so to speak. (laughs) There Uh, you go. And um, it took, I think it was like, gosh, six years to develop. Um, The the truck motor actually runs from electrical power generated from methane gas that's produced by the cow's uh, own manure. And uh, it's basically, it's the next step in how uh, Strauss is uh, showing that the organic dairy farms can be carbon positive and using agriculture as a solution to reverse climate change. Excellent. Well, and as we're looking at the topic of climate change, certainly we had a climate day at Expo West, well attended, lots of interest in how do we really support the earth? How do we move toward a more sustainable food system? A lot of that, I think, came out around plant-based ingredients. Plant-based protein was huge this year. Um, And it was, you know, I saw a lot of it in tubs, which you've seen for a while, but um, blends of pea, oat, and sunflower from Kura. We saw Sura Warrior, their warrior blend, which is this plant-based protein that's sprouted and fermented 
there was a lot of quinoa I saw. Um, Clean Machine was recognized with our Nexty Awards for their plant-based protein. A lot of these, you know, you're, you're getting your tub of protein, which it's been around forever in the industry, but they're really making this transition to sprouted, fermented, combination proteins. Um, Solgar, actually, they had this Spoonfuls vegan protein shake, and they were demoing it in actual recipes. So they had it baked into little sort of cheesecake-type bars that were delicious, and you didn't get any of that gritty texture, and it was a multi-protein blend that had enzymes and fiber and D3 included in there. Uh, on the plant base, what were you seeing, Rachel? So I was seeing a lot of pasta products that were calling out their their protein content on the packaging, but basically using just high protein ingredients to create their pasta. One example would be a brand called Chickpea, um, and they launched an organic macaroni and cheese product that uh, the pasta was derived only from lentil and chickpea and, and offered 19 grams of protein per serving. Fabulous. Judy, how about you? You know, um, going on uh, the pasta run with uh, Rachel, uh, Explore Cuisine had an organic mung bean pasta, and it was super tasty. Um, They're saying that they're the first mung bean pasta out there, but uh, uh, it just went in line with their their whole plant-based pasta. And it was really it was really good. Um, also, uh, pea protein has been something that we've been talking about for the last few years. It's 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 super awesome ingredient. Um, I saw it used in a, a, quite a number of different applications in the food and beverage. Uh, Suja, uh, they had a pea protein drink that offered eight grams of protein, and then going to the opposite end, uh, McConnell's frozen desserts also had a product with pea protein. So I think that we're going to be seeing more and more of that, especially being called out on the label um, as as people realize that plant-based you know, eating is really healthy. I think you'll see plant-based and you know, the fact that you'd have it in dessert, Enjoy Life yeah. Foods relaunched these protein bites and it was plant-based protein, six grams per serving, dipped banana or dark chocolate flavor. Really delicious and not, again, the gritty texture has been an issue in Mm -hmm. the past. Um, I think we're gonna contrast, we're gonna shift a little bit. So we were talking plant-based. I wanna talk meat-based. So let's move a little over to the meat side of things, bone broth. Still a lot of bone broth happening at this show. Rachel, this was one of the trends that you particularly called out. Yes. So I remember seeing uh, in previous years, bone broth has emerged as this healthy kind of, I don't know if I want to call it a superfood, but bone broth has been getting a lot of attention for its health benefits. Uh, And this year I was seeing it used a lot in soups and in finished products that are basically calling out their bone broth content. Um, So... A couple of those, for example, a brand called Kettle and Fire launched a soup line that is made with bone broth. Um, It's marketed as paleo-friendly, offers 9 grams of protein. It was one of the few uh, brands that I did see actually calling out protein content on it. Um, A really neat product was from Pressery. They have a ramen kit. Um, It's a refrigerated ramen kit, and it's made with bone broth. Um, Real interesting product, and it looked really good. I didn't get to taste that one, though. Uh, Pacific Foods also launched a bone broth soup line, and uh, the Oso Good Company launched a line of bone broth superfoods soups, is what they're marketed as. Um, so just I saw tons of bone broth soup. Just one step further, I would say, in the bone broth story. You know, there was another company, uh, One Culture Foods, that also had bone broth noodles. So I think mm. that you're you're getting that that trending bone broth, but also with the portability and convenience of being able to take this this cup and microwave it at work. Right, the convenience, absolutely. Uh, in terms of um, 
uh, meat, you know, I, I, obviously this, this show is all about organic and natural and, and feeling good about the, the foods that you eat and put into your body. But um, I wanted to call out, there were, there were a few companies that really caught my eye. Um, Applegate, um, A, their booth was awesome, and I loved their cows. Uh, but their booth really was all about telling the story, uh, telling the story of how, uh, you know, they are changing the way we eat meat. And, you know, organic, uh, I'm sorry, non-GMO, organic, uh, humanely raised. So they offer a line of, um, you know, deli meats, breakfast meats, and cheeses and such. But I really thought that they did a really good job. They also are d dedicated to sustainable and regenerative ag. And, um, you know, that, that goes a long way. Uh, they're also helping with the USDA animal welfare uh, standards. Crave Jerky, uh, you know, they've been around. Uh, it's great portable you know, protein. Um, what I liked about them was they introduced uh, some new sticks and bars, and one of their new flavors is a Himalayan uh, pink sea salt flavor, and that goes, <clears throat> what they've done is they've partnered with Susan G. Komen, and a percentage of the sales uh, with a minimum of $50,000 a year goes back into supporting uh, breast cancer research. Um, another thing with, with meat, Arcadian Organic and Natural Meat Company. Um, you know, they're from New Zealand, Nope, I'm sorry, they're from Australia, and we saw a lot of, you know, organic and non-GMO and, and sustainable organic and natural farming on that. Absolutely, and it was kind of portable as well as we were talking mm -hmm. about. Rachel? I saw an interesting product that was kind of like a mix of the plant and the meat world. Uh, Power Bar launched a jerky and nut bar. So it was like, it looks just like a, a nut-based granola bar, but it has jerky in it as well um, offers 10 grams of protein per bar and I believe that they're all sourced from beef is the meat that's in there I I was so curious it, it you know it doesn't sound like it would be the best tasting thing but I had to try it and I was actually really surprised um, it it was very interesting but not in a bad way <laughs> interesting in good way okay right. that's right. excellent yeah um, certainly as you know we're tasting products all over the show floor. You're, mm -hmm. you know, little bits of this and that. You can end up feeling a bit like a goat uh, if you don't watch yourself. Um, fortunately, you also had digestive health. Mm -hmm. Digestive health was huge this show. Um, and it was supplements, it was foods, it was across the board. Um, a couple of products that I really liked, uh, Pure Essence launched a line called Realzymes, and it's actually branded to support digestive function related to specific diets. So you could get the Atkins version or the paleo version or the vegan version. So putting in the right levels of enzymes for your carb, protein, fat profile of your diet. A uh, lot on probiotics, certainly. Um, combining probiotics and cranberry over at Natrol. Uh, Solaray was using enteric shielded probiotics. Um, and Floravani, which was the... Nexty Editor's Choice Award for supplements uh, from Himalaya. They're using chicory for the probiotic, ginger for the upset stomach, and triphala for regularity, and actually have clinical research behind it with the goal of increasing your microbiome diversity as opposed to just putting the probiotics into your system. Judy, what were you seeing over on the digestive side of things? You know, I think um, you, you really nailed it when you said microbiome. I mean, that was hanging from from the banners. I mean, it was, it was the talk, you know, you'd walk by a booth and you'd hear, you know, exhibitors talking or really, you know, the buyers talking. Um, digestive health, it just is, it runs the body. And I think that 
we're going to see more and more products like that. Um, what I, I saw was uh, Ernest Eats. They have a protein and probiotic hot oatmeal that has 15 grams of protein in it and a billion CFUs of uh, probiotic from, you know, Gadadium uh, BC30. And um, it also contains grass-fed whey. And I thought that was interesting. And, and the story was a great story and one that we'll probably be covering in future issues of Food Insider Journal. Uh, but uh, this company had this company had an oatmeal product, but their bodybuilding neighbors next to them who were CrossFit uh, company uh, requested this. And so, again, it was designed out of uh, a, a specific need. Um, also, Annabella is a great company. Um, they actually are making small batch yogurts and, and mozzarella cheeses out of grass-fed, free-range water buffalo. And wow. um, it actually, water buffalo, it, it's an A2 milk, so it's great for digestion. And uh, the products are hormone, hormone preservative and additive free. And they actually have double the protein and calcium of normal dairy. And uh, we will be Actually, we're profiling them in the next issue of Food Insider Journal. But they've got a great story, and the product was really super, super tasty. Rachel? You know, I was seeing some interesting yogurt alternative products. So we've seen yogurt that comes from alternate dairy or, like, plant-based origins, perhaps yogurt or almond or, sorry, um, coconut or almond. But I was I found it interesting that I was seeing actual alternatives to yogurt um, in that same kind of category. So I'll go ahead and give a couple examples here. Um, Wonder Creamery was one of them. They created a yogurt-like product made from cork. Um, it offers 15 grams of protein. Um, all their flavors, I believe that they have six flavors um, or five and then a plain variety, have between 12 and 14 grams of sugar. So that's pretty on par, I'd say, with where yogurt's at. Um, but what I thought was really interesting about this product was that cork has a, a much less sour flavor compared to regular standard yogurt. Um, and I, I tasted some of their flavors and some things that you wouldn't think maybe would taste that great as a yogurt, like a coffee or a matcha flavor, were actually really, really good um, in this cork yogurt positioned product. Another one was the Yuli Cream Farmer's Cheese. And it was kind of marketed as like yogurt, but not. <laughs> um, a rich, creamy alternative to yogurt was another um, of their marketing that I saw. Uh, naturally high in protein. Um, all of their varieties contain 16 or 17 grams of protein. And both of those products are cultured, so they also have that digestive health angle to them. Fantastic. Um, Judy? D- Daya also had uh, an alternative uh, yogurt made out of coconut cream. So oh. I think, and did see a lot of coconut mm-hmm. Uh being used in all types of applications and all different types of uh, all forms, uh, even as a flavor. Um, Brecky Overnight Oats, they, they are a maker of dairy-free and non-GMO uh, alternative yogurts, but they're very focused on the functional. So they've got buckwheat and flaxseed and chia seeds, um, but they also uh, have a coconut cardamom flavor that is one of their best-selling uh, flavors. Yeah. So, you know, obviously probiotics, yogurt, you know, the fermented foods. We saw mm-hmm. Emergency launching an emergency with probiotics. Uh, super smart um, and certainly portable. All you need is water, which is going to take us to our next trend. So much water at this show. I got to tell you, every aisle, um, you had your geographic waters. So you had water from Norway and water from the Himalayas and water from the Carpathians and water from Mexico. Uh, Topo Chico mineral water from Mexico. Um, You had water that was pH balanced. You had water that was filled with antioxidants. 
The interesting water that I wanted to call out was this Banu bamboo water. So they actually collect from bamboo fields, which is one of the fastest growing plants on earth. Mm -hmm. They harvest the water, which is naturally high in silica that supports endogenous collagen production. And the rest of the leftovers can be used for all the fiber that you're already looking to get from bamboo. So for me, that was something I hadn't seen before and found really interesting. Yeah, that's a really neat, that's a neat product. Um, kind of covers all, all different ranges there. Um, something I saw that was interesting, I saw a lot of alkaline supporting water. Uh, and one that I saw at the show was called Black Water, and it actually has a black coloring to it. I saw a couple of products similar to that, but this particular one, BLK Water, um, it's infused with fulvic acid. Um, which is supposed to offer 77 trace minerals um, and electrolytes and just promotes alkalinity. I thought that was an interesting product. And then, like you said, as far as geographic waters, there was so many waters from so many different places and even so much as to be from a specific glacier. Right. Uh-huh. Or, you know, 30,000 you know, feet deep in the water in Hawaii. Um, what I found interesting was, I mean, yes, we have all these waters and all these different functionalities. Um, but one product I really liked was just water. And um, the reason why is because they're really looking after the environment. Um, you know, they're U.S. based. Um, their packaging is mostly paper based and their plant, or I'm sorry, their cap is actually plant based out of sugarcane. And so, you know, it's, uh, it's very recyclable. Uh, it's primarily from renewable sources. And the fact is that um, all their pa- all their paper comes from Forest, Stewart, Forest Stewardship Council certified forests. And, um, you know, they're really trying to improve with like, you know, 53 and 82% renewable sources using plant-based uh, 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 product or plant-based packaging for their water. Fabulous. I'm going to shift us to a different form of uh, liquids. When we went to IFT last summer, Judy, you and I saw a ton of cold brew. Mm-hmm. So cold brew was a big trend on the supply side. Yeah. This show at Expo West, we saw a ton of cold brew at the finished product level. I'd love your take on the cold brew trend. It is, I mean, like you said, the ingredient side was was booming. This show, I, every aisle had a cold brew in it. And what I thought was interesting is the packaging was really unique because I think they have to stand out almost like a beer um, and really be packaged and have fun, uh, fun colors, and obviously good tasting product. One uh, company that I had a good time, one company I had a chance to really spend some time with was Rise Brewing Company, and they do a nitro cold brew in kegs, and then they just introduced their slimline cans. And I loved their story because they started out in New York and they were delivering kegs of cold brew to offices in New York and, you know, turning them over every week. And they're in 600 offices in New York City right now. And so they rolled out their slimline cans. Um, Bowery coffee, the same thing, uh, except that they're in glass bottles and they look like little beer barrels. But again, glass, you're seeing the product um, and it's, it's, uh, you know, environment friendly. Uh, you know, I could go on. There's Heyday Cold Brew. They had great uh, packaging. They're also fair trade coffee. I think that's something that we're going to be seeing more of. That yes, the cold brew was trending, but now it has to take a step up because the consumer is wanting. Yes, they want their caffeine buzz, but they want to feel good about it too. Uh, you also, I think, saw some teas. So we'll throw some tea in there if you got a little tea you want to talk about. 
tea. Well, you're the tea drinker. Spill the tea. Spill the tea. Um, yeah, there was. Tea, I mean, the there tea. was tea everywhere. Functional teas. I mean, Bigelow tea. They came out with a, a tea with probiotic. Um, I think Rachel was mentioning. Um, right, Numi actually came. They they are innovating with their packaging uh, to create a a compostable package for their teas to be in, which is uh, has been, I guess, quite a challenge for them. They've been working on this um, alongside, I believe, Alter Eco. Um, for quite some time to develop this packaging. Uh, I think right now they said they have 20% of their line using it. Um, I think it is, you know, economic consideration to completely switch to the sustainable packaging, but they're really making huge effort to do so, and I thought that was really neat. I think we're also seeing um, what I saw was more cold brew teas following in the cold brew coffee footsteps. Um, One that I can call out was uh, EBT, and they're a cold brew tea with hibiscus and green tea lemongrass and chamomile and lavender, which I need a lot of, and uh, black tea and strawberry flavors. It was really tasty, and um, you know I just think that that's a segment that is something to watch. So we've got you know our last three spots here. Rachel, you called out prenatal as something you saw trending from the supplement side of things. Right, I did see some interesting stuff happening in prenatal nutrition. Um, Rainbow Light actually launched an entire line of uh, prenatal products as well as products to support early development in infants. Uh, so their line, that's their first 1,000 days line. I don't think this is actually on the market yet. They were pretty much launching this at the show. Um, It includes a preconception multivitamin uh, for women, a multivitamin to support each trimester, um, a postnatal vitamin to support breastfeeding, and then what I thought was really interesting was their NutriStart Plus multivitamin for babies, which is actually a powder that you can start giving to babies in their formula or in their breast milk as young as six months old, and it's intended to support them throughout that entire first 1,000 days of life, which is about three years, so up to three years old um because that's just such a critical time for development but i haven't it's not common to see that kind of um to see supplements supplements for infants yes um so i thought that was a really interesting product um i also saw traditional medicinals launched what is called a mommy to be chewable supplement uh, with raspberry leaf and uh, they to support pregnancy um on the packaging, it also said to tone the uterus and prepare the womb for childbirth. So also another prenatal one. And then they also created a mother's milk bar for lactation, which has uh, bitter fennel fruit, coriander fruit, funya Greek seed, and a blessed thistle herb. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judy, you had called out honey as something you saw all around the show. Yes, we shift from conception to honey. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, actually, honey, I, it's you know, thousands of years old, and uh, we all love honey. But um, there's, you know, obviously a huge push on the sustainability side and helping to save the bee colonies and and really to help the urban uh, beekeepers. Uh, One thing I noticed was there was a lot of single floral uh, varieties of honey. Um, For instance, bloom honey, they had avocado honey, they had white clover, they had buckwheat, saw palmetto, white dandelion, turmeric, just a lot of of honey with function functional benefits. Yes. <laughs> um, there was also uh, a honey water. It was uh, Bloom Honey Water, and that's Bloom as in Judy Bloom, B-L-U-M-E. Uh, it was an artisanal water, and it was, was it crafted. Sweet? <clears throat> I'm just curious. <laughs> it, it was sweet. Like honey. Uh, it was it was crafted with 100 percent 
bee friendly honey and you know they were really pushing that bee friendly um there was a, a company by the name of uh, honey drop beverages and here we go cold pressed lemonade uh, with honey and functional ingredients such as lavender charcoal passion fruit uh, turmeric um, and then honey stinger they made a line of honey-based foods so you'd find honey in their energy bars protein bars gluten-free waffles and organic chews so i think you're really seeing it coming blossoming into a bigger category absolutely and then finally uh one thing that i, I thought was interesting was the Colorado hemp honey. It was raw honey with full spectrum hemp extract and it was grown and farmed in Colorado. Yeah so that I thought was interesting because it was not just in jars but also in sticks. Mm -hmm. So that on-the-go convenience um, and the fact that they had the whole hemp extract. This was a shift this year for mm -hmm. Expo West and you know we have standards and there are standards in place for what you have to meet to be an exhibitor at the show. Um, so whole hemp-derived CBD, not isolate CBD, was on the show floor. You saw it around. Uh, some discussion about uh, the legal mm -hmm. issues there. Yeah. I know Josh Long on our team has done a lot around that. Mm -hmm. But spoke with Nature's Plus, their Hempceutics full phytocannabinoid line that's got different versions that use this blend with black pepper extract to improve the bioabsorption and different formulas like a stress version or a sleep version. Um, they're also working with uh, Carl Germano on education around the endocannabinoid system mm -hmm. and how these products really affect the body. Barleen's, meanwhile, went organic ideal CBD hemp oil or an extra strength ideal CBD oil. And for that, I really like to see the organic mm -hmm. uh, called out on the oils that they're developing. Did you happen to try that one? I did not. Did you try it? I did try it. And? It tastes how weed smells. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's exactly, I mean, that's that lets you know they're actually sourcing kind of whole plant and you know, was, I was not expecting that. There yeah. are, that's one of those interesting things around the CBD, hemp, marijuana, all of these industries are sort of coming together and there's a question about the legal issues, mm -hmm. you know, federal, state, what are you going to be able to put into uh, distribution? And the CBD summit at Expo West was packed out the oh, door. Yeah. Right. I expect that we're going to see similar interest as we roll forward to Supply Side West mm -hmm. and the CBD education that we'll be launching. I think it's just such an emerging industry, but it has such far-reaching, you know, far-reaching attributes because it can be across so many different categories. Mm -hmm. And that's not, that's something that you don't come across quite that often. Right. I can tell that the this is getting consumer penetration in the market because my friends are reaching out to me and saying, you need to try CBD oil like, and, right. and you should try this. I'm like, you know, I can just, I'm getting feedback from people around me. So I think it is getting popular with consumers too, right. which I find interesting. So as we wrap up, I just wanted to call out a couple of my favorite items. And uh, this goes into just the personal things you got to try. Choco Love. Uh, who I remember when Choco Love launched back in Boulder back in the 90s. Uh, they did a salted caramel dark chocolate cup, and it was crazy good. So that definitely, I tried a lot of really great chocolate at the show, and Alter Eco had great chocolate, and Picari had great chocolate. <clears throat> I love me some salted caramel, so that's going to take my top uh, 
my top taste from Expo West. Did you try any with nuts? I did not. I did not. Um, Judy, your favorite? Oh, um, boy, I had a lot. Um, so, um, and I know you're going to say wrap it up, sister. But uh, I'm going to call out two uh, because those of you who know me, you'll be like, wow, she actually liked those. Uh, Bear Snacks, they had a carrot uh, ranch veggie chip that was awesome. I mean, it was awesome. And uh, I think I can sneak that into uh, my daughter's lunches. Um, and also Trevally, Trevally uh, organic chicken patties, um, 22 grams of, of protein. And it had like this Chipotle Poblano Anaheim chili pepper blend chicken patty. It was super tasty. And uh, I'll be going out and, and finding me some of those. But it was really good. And uh, again, it was grass-fed, organic. And it was actually made by, uh, created by a nutritionist that was a vegetarian for years because she just did not like the way animals were treated. And now she realized the power of protein and uh, sought to do better. Fantastic. Rachel. Well, as Judy said, there was just so much. Uh, but if I, well, I guess, you know, I'm going to I'm going to call out one that I found. I was just so shocked that I liked it as much as I did. So CBD. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, it was a, a vegan cream cheese by Kite Hill, uh, and it was derived from fermented almonds. And I, I've always, I try myself to be considerate of how much animal-based protein that I eat. And but I always thought, you know, I just I love dairy. I don't know if I could ever not have cream cheese or not have cheese. Um, but I was really shocked. It was really good. It tasted like cream cheese. It the does. texture, everything. It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was blown away. Um. The other ones I, I like, I really just, there were some brands I really connected with at the show that I really liked. One of them was Serenity Kids, so it's a husband and wife um, duo, and they both, they created a line of baby food, um, baby food products, baby food pouches uh, that are paleo-inspired. Both of the parents had some health issues that they were able to resolve by a paleo diet, so they created these paleo-inspired foods, but... Uh, they make sure that all their ingredients going back to this regenerative regenerative agriculture they made sure that all of their ingredients were sourced from regenerative agriculture and they're actually working with the regenerative organic certified organization as a pilot in in their program for that certification uh but i just love when you connect with these brands who face challenges they had challenges finding the supply that they needed and then because their price their product has somewhat of a premium price it's uh, a little bit more difficult to get into stores um, but they still believe in their their brand and what they're offering um, and so they just keep doing it so I, I just thought they had a really neat product and story uh, just one more thing building on what Rachel said of connecting with some brands um, there were there were two that I want to call out um, uh, soulful project they are tackling the issue of food insecurity so for every serving of their hot cereal, their Soulful Projects hot cereal, they donate a serving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the same thing, uh, This Bar Saves Lives is doing the same thing for every nutrition bar that they sell. They actually uh, donate a um, plumpy packet to malnourished kids in Africa and Haiti. 
And I think that those those stories are are awesome. I mean, there, there were stories everywhere from from you know Unilever's growing roots to you know General Mills to everybody, even down to the very small companies. I think that everyone has this this feel-good movement about good food. Absolutely. Well, I do see that we'll be sharing more of these stories uh, through Food Insider Journal, through Natural Products Insider. Um, And thank you, Judy and Rachel, for joining me today. Thank you, Heather. It's been a blast. For more award-winning podcasts from industry experts, go to insider.com and click in the podcast section. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts by searching Healthy Insider Podcast. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. To join the conversation about the supplement industry, leave a comment on the podcast's Twitter, Facebook, or SoundCloud accounts. This episode has been brought to you by Supply Side East, April 10th and 11th in Secaucus, New Jersey.